This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. OK, well, listen, as I mentioned, it kicks off 7.45. It's live on Talk Sport. Leicester, the away side, are odds on favourites. Six to four on. Villa is seven to two. Three and a half to go through. What's the score going to be? 2-1 to Villa. 2-1 to Villa. OK, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure. And Leicester clear. Villa come again, though. Here's the cross to the back post. Trezegui! Left foot finish, it's in! Villa have snatched it right at the end! And it's Trezegui! Who has scored the crucial goal? Leicester City men are down all over the pitch. A smoke bomb's been hurled onto the field. Villa Park. Oh, it's absolutely alive on three sides. Claret and Blue Scarves being held high. They believe now they're off to Wembley for the final. It's 2-1 in added time. It means an awful lot. Um, you know, we've got a proud history in this competition, as I've said many times, and... You know, if we could go and lift this trophy for the for the sixth time as a football club, I'd be uh, a very proud man. And uh, you know, we know it's going to be tough, but the hard part is getting to a domestic cup final. We've managed to do that. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's uh, called "My Old Man." Davis, lovely turn. Can Sabata get on this? He can! And he scores Villa's first headed goal in the Premier League this season. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for... uh, winter break catch-up uh, mr chris budd hello welcome back how has your winter break been so far it's been a nice you know rest from the villa i didn't i didn't clock up the air miles that you did this time have you have you been caught up in uh how's the weather treating you uh pretty gusty there's a house around the corner that got smashed to bits well, what, what happened there a tree fell on it and took the corner of the house out like the roof <laughs> 
and the corner of a bedroom just got crushed. Wow. I mean, I've mad. I got a cheap flight and uh, got out probably in the nick of time, actually, to uh, L.A. Doesn't sound like you're in L.A. Uh, no, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I've hooked up with a couple of villains over here. Uh, we've got them on uh, the podcast, so that will be coming out soon. But I've got a, a few fe- uh, friends over here, so it's kind of a cheap trip. And uh, finally managed to get my bloody uh, computer fixed, which obviously I need to edit the show. God bless America. God bless America. And it was actually, I probably saved about 150 quid, which uh, on what a certain Mac shop in Birmingham, a certain flaky Mac shop in Birmingham, should I add, uh, was offering up so uh half of my flight was pretty much paid for so uh it's been a go, good then. trip good trip all in and uh, looking at the weather though i might put my flight back i don't know hmm. yes yeah, uh, i've seen some videos of uh airplanes trying to land on uh, Birmingham yeah, like Airport. 90 I mean, degrees and stuff unbelievable yeah. yeah my my sister actually was flying back uh, she lives in zurich she was flying back there and the the pilot had two attempts to land and just gave up passengers were puking i bet they were the pilot was shitting himself he ended up having to land in milan instead and i think the air stewardess said it was the worst flight she's ever been on wow anyway so we'll uh well hopefully i'll return back to the land of brum uh, shortly for the spurs game i've enjoyed my winter break it's uh just a bit of sun on my pasty white face uh, to regenerate yeah, nice to take a nice step back from the Villaverse and no, exactly yeah. take stock and all that. Exactly, we're we're still here, we're still rocking and rolling. We are, man. All guns blazing. Anyway, coming up in this show, we'll catch up with what's been going on uh, in the Villa Minute. We'll also look back to uh, beating Leicester and ending up at Wembley unexpectedly for the League Cup final. And then there's also uh, a, a, a kind of a side glance back to that Bournemouth defeat. And then we'll finish by looking at the rele- relegation picture and how we are standing coming out of this winter break. Right, uh, quick Villa news cap, things that been happening first of all i kind of spent a little bit of time uh, you know stopped looking at social media and then you know you, you kind of put it up and uh, there's grealish in manchester united stories every bloody day i mean i wrote a, a piece at a medium muppets piece about this and uh, you, you start to look for sources and any substantial thing and there's nothing there there's all these exclusives and then the mirror run an exclusive and then they run a story that follows up and uh, you look at its source and it's gold.com and you look at that story and it's about Grealish house hunting in Manchester and there's no actual justification there. There's no... Grealish is on a beach, isn't he? He's been Instagramming... With him and Tyrone Mings. <laughs> exactly. Super, superimposing John McGinn. So he's not exactly uh, getting pissed on in Manchester as he trawls around the you know the greater Manchester area. Because why would you? I mean, I can understand why they're doing it. I mean, as I wrote, it man- you know, Manchester United is a massive global audience and they just want to tap in with a bit of clickbait to obviously uh, get, you know, commercially it's... Uh, it's a good thing for them if everybody's clicking on it but uh, you know it's just so disrespectful I think what well, you know come up with a half decent story at least it's just nonsense isn't it yeah it's nonsense uh, also uh, cup final tickets have gone on sale you always like to keep track of these things how, how are they going I think there's only about two and a half thousand left is there wow yeah. so there's not that yeah. there won't be that much left for uh, Claret members nope no it doesn't look like it I mean they may release a little extra batches because I know they tend to leave certain you know bits of the um, bits of the ground. Yeah, they also offer them to players and uh, family, and then they'll get some returns from there. Yeah, but in terms of the first, the first two, um, two sales windows of season ticket holders has been pretty mental. Yeah, so all the lower tiers have gone. A little bit of Club Wembley, and then it's it's mainly the tops of the upper tiers that's left. So the 
the the rush for the Claret members. Although I think they've added eight games and five games, so that will probably yeah reduce, they have yeah that should reduce a lot of the risk because I think if it had gone to all Claret members, it would have been an absolute free for all. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's two sides of the story there. There's obviously the people who've been to games and uh, they'll be a bit pissed off if they've been to eight games and then they're suddenly in a free for all. But also there's that it's kind of a democratic, so everybody's got a chance. So there's that kind of side of uh, the other argument. Yeah, but obviously they've ch- changed it now. Uh, if you are uh, looking likely that you're not going to get a ticket the good news is that uh, we have got uh, a pair of tickets that i've uh, you've probably seen it on the website uh, put up for a quick ticket competition uh, that will close uh, before the claret member window it was just that was i think i didn't know about the eight and uh, five game tier before that so it was basically so at least some the winner would know that they were locked in so they wouldn't have to uh, go for the free-for-all but at least we ma- managed to get a, a couple of uh, tickets from carabao uh, for that for uh, our listeners and also the readers so if you want to enter the competition for a chance to win two tickets just check out the website and uh, email in the answer as instructed to uh, a simple question that is on there so good luck if you are entering that Uh, patrons get a few extra entries uh, uh, well certain special patrons anyway uh, moving on also uh, Scott Hogan obviously ended up at the Blues and uh, he's he's like a man reborn he's on three goals now is it three games yeah the touch count meter is just it's melting at the moment I can't even touch it I mean it's just gone ballistic it's, it's too hot to handle so, but we'll get it out for the uh, next episode uh, no doubt well the next episode we do as a regular show I'll probably get this show out and then there'll be uh, a, a, a chat with uh, one of our LA friends uh, Bob Stevenson who you may have seen around uh, he, he tends to hang out with Tom Hanks uh, if Tom Hanks is at game who actually was, already uh, thinks we've won the cup which is good hope that's a good idea yeah he, he actually bob actually spoke about that it's quite funny but yeah bob uh, he was at the minnesota meet and greet he flew up to that mm-hmm. and also he was at when we played the portland timbers and uh hanks was in town he was hanging out with hanks then so i had a, a good uh i think it'd be around about 50 minute chat uh, well actually i had a, I had a whole afternoon drinking and smoking cigars with him but uh, that's another story that sounds far more fun than the villa our interview was uh rammed in the middle of uh, a few beers shall we say oh yeah people wanted the drunken podcast that's probably about as close as i've got so far there's a, there's a little bit of slurring here and there oh good <laughs> good news uh, on the john mcginn when's he returning uh date uh you know more about that than me because i've I, I missed yeah this when smith I was has sort of said his, his progress has been quicker than they envisaged so they expecting him back around about two weeks after the cup final maybe a week probably more likely to be two all right, um, okay. which is a really big boost to get him you know, back for the, the running. Um, I'm sure Smith will be cautious about rushing him straight back. Yeah, because I, I mean, I was just thinking, yeah, he'll start April and he'll, he'll be there for the end of the... But if we can get him a few games in March, then uh, that'd be great. I think the, the fact that it was a clean break really worked in his favour rather than it being like a ligament damage. It meant once the bone resets yeah. and the muscle obviously sets around it, you're kind of good to go. Uh, good news... Uh... In terms of, uh, well, Villa have had a uh, bit of a sale on the home shirt and we will be playing in the uh, home sh- home colours at Wembley. I think we, we played in the third kit when we went to uh, the Etihad, didn't we? Yeah, we played in the green one. I always prefer the home colours in a final. Absolutely. Right, let's uh, get up to speed uh, what we've kind of missed since the last show. Obviously, we did a patron-only show uh, that took in the uh, Leicester game, uh, that fantastic night at Villa Park. But uh, Mr. Bird, if 
you want to, uh, I'll get the old stopwatch on. So if you want to give me a minute of, what is it, like a villa fortnight in a villa minute? Yeah, it's a pretty jam-packed one this time. Yeah, well, let's see how you do. I'll count you in. Three, two, one, go. Villa went into the second leg of the League Cup final v Leicester, all square at one all. Nealon started superbly, making numerous world-class saves to thwart Leicester. After chances at both ends, target gives Villa lead at half-time. Ian Acho levels things up to set up a grandstand finale with a game destined for penalties. Trezeguet dispatches now Mo Cross to send Villa Park into pandemonium. Villa win 2-1 and go through 3-2 on aggregate to face Man City in the final at Wembley. Customary pitch invasion follows on a quite remarkable evening at Villa Park. James Chester makes the move to Stoke on loan. Andre Green goes to Charlton. Jacob Ramsey heads off to Doncaster. And Lovre Kalinic departs for Toulouse. Scott Hogan amusingly joins our cross-city rivals Birmingham City. He subsequently scores on his debut when the touch cam meter melts down. Villa bolster their forward options with the arrival of Borgia Baston on a free from Swansea on a short-term deal. In a rather after-the-Lord-Mayor's show performance, Villa lose 2-1 to relegation rivals Bournemouth. Samata becoming the first Tanzanian to score in the Premier League. Again, Villa fell to beat 10 men. Keenan Davis gets uh, another injury. He'll be out for another two to three weeks. The frantic rush for Wembley tickets begins with over 29,000 season ticket holders snapping up their tickets for the showpiece at Wembley. Anything else? Uh, not right now. What's happening at Wembley? Yeah, we're playing some, like, oil barons. Are we going to win? It's fucking lootly we are. That's what I like. We like to finish that minute on a uh, bold statement, shall we say. Right, let's get into the three points. Uh, point number one, this is kind of a pivotal Another positive step towards having standing sections at uh, Premier League's well, Premier League and Championship uh, grounds. Uh, Manchester United have made an official request to the Safety Advisory Group uh, (SAG). This is going back in December. This came to uh, came to light after the uh, recent fan meeting, which I'm actually reading. Uh, I was reading the. Uh, the minutes of uh, in, a, in a cafe in LA this morning. It's quite interesting. Some of the stuff. Uh, well, do you know what I was doing this morning, David? What was you doing? Getting snowed on, so fuck off. <laughs> I mean, uh, of all the things I could do, I was reading Manchester United fan group meetings. Uh, minutes, you fit in like anyway. a typical American, don't you? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Couldn't be further from Old Trafford. Hopefully nobody was looking uh, at my screen. But anyway, with the biggest club in term, you know, like uh, let's call them the biggest club in uh, England. In terms the world, of that, they can wield the largest influence, can't they? Yeah. So that will, uh, if they get the green light, that will that's the precedent you need and the barriers will all drop. I mean, the Scousers well, will hate them, won't they? <laughs> Even more. Well, yeah, there's, there's a certain irony there. But what I'd, I'd like to see is Villa a bit more on the front foot. Villa seem to have been waiting for all this to, uh, I think we've mentioned it on a previous show, waiting for the dust to settle and it to happen rather than actually forcing the envelope, which I would have liked to have seen, but uh, yeah, so mind. Right, so point number two, kind of a funny one. Uh, jo- uh, Jordan Ibe, the uh, Bournemouth player, who uh, I think he signed from Liverpool, didn't he, for like 15 million? Something like that, yeah, I think so, yeah. But three or four seasons ago, uh, it crashed his car into the front of a cafe, which uh, really takes some doing. And I think he was in a Bentley 4x4, and he, he kind of left the uh, the rubble of the shop behind and just drove away. So he's got charged with that, uh, although his, uh, I think his representation said he waited at the scene for a reasonable length of time. Yeah, probably the, the time it took to reverse out of the front of the cafe and get disappear a quick off into the night. Yeah, probably ransacked the coffee machine while he was there. But uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, 
I mean, shit happens, I suppose, but uh, it's just, uh, and, and I'm sure people, you know, will say, oh, this is like, you know, big money players, you know, being reckless. not, not... Standard footballer behaviour, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, I mean, the good news is nobody got injured, which uh, that takes on a whole different uh, slant. It's it's now just yes. classed as shenanigans, uh, crashing cars into cafes at uh, five to five in the morning. Anyway, point number four, since I'm in LA, uh, I'm just round the corner from the Oscars, actually. Uh, bon Yoon-ho, the South Korean director I've actually interviewed a couple of times back in the day very very cool guy he, he was asking the run-up to the uh, Oscars one of those questions who what five people would you like to have dinner with dead or alive he named Alfred Hitchcock Martin Scorsese you probably expect then uh, South Korean former Olympic figure skater Yanu Kim then Jimmy Page from Led, Led Zeppelin who was a hero of his growing up and then he named Kevin De Bruyne is to make so we can have the... like a token ginger <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Must be must be a city fan. Wonder if he'll turn up now. He's now he's a Mister Mister Oscar winner. Well, multiple Oscar winner, and get tickets uh, for the Caribou Cup final. Nah, city fans don't bother turning up for cup finals, do they? It's an inconvenience. Anyway, it's good to see him win because Parasite was probably the best film uh, of the year. I mean, I went to see nineteen seventeen. So did I actually a couple of days ago while I was here, and I just thought. Well, it was all right. It was not going to win an Oscar. I mean, a lot of people thought it, that was going to be the one that would uh, storm away. But, you know, it's good, but, you know, close, but no cigar. Yeah, it's, you know, visually stunning and the soundtrack's great, but the story's a bit thin. Yeah, and when you consider, like, the First World War is the closest probably this, uh, our species has got to hell on Earth. That I mean, there was little moments where you kind of see a bit of that, but you you didn't really get the you know visceral feeling of uh, what the trenches were like. I mean, I was more freaked out studying it and you know GCSE than watching yeah. that film, reading about trench foot and all that horrible trench foot. Yeah, that's the I think that's the first thing you learn about uh, the First World War. Anyway, right, moving on. I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to the My Old Man Said patrons. Uh, thank you very much for continuing to support the show. If you want to get access to extra shows, uh, we do put out full length ones now, and uh, sometimes they're better than the main show. That's the uh, I mean the Leicester one. I quite I, I quite liked actually when I listened back to. I was going to put it out as the main show, but uh, there was a, just a bit too much swearing in it. I thought uh, which might upset uh, a few people. We we know that all the My Old Man Said patrons are potty mouths, so. They they kind of appreciate uh, and they appreciate my uh you know my use of an exclamation point if you want to sign up and uh help support us but uh, most of all get uh, extra podcasts and also heads up and other benefits uh, please go to myomansaid.com and uh, click on the patron uh, option on the menu bar to get more information there big shout out to uh, dan green matthew minshall tom squire sharky 09 Mark Keenan, Mark Shanahan, James Bakewell, Henrik Vershing. Is it Vershing? I think it is. Yeah. Sean Sean Villa. I'm sure your surname isn't Villa, but uh, if you've changed it uh, by Depold, what better name to change it to? Uh, Historograph. Strange name. Nicholas Yates, Stuart Ridley, Arnold Spleen. I said that in a ger- with a German accent for some reason. Andy Bates, Ahmed Fowder, Alex Molan. Thanks for returning. And Shay Long as well. Not Shane Long, Shay Long. Thank you very much, and uh, we will get uh, more bonus shows out to you. Uh, right, what's the first thing we should talk about? Uh, I think we'd talk about going to Wembley. I mean, I think we should. I think I described it uh, in that Patreon Extra show as it was almost like getting a bite of the semi-final and then won that. 
against the odds. We were definitely the underdog going into that with Leicester. But uh, after the first leg, you, you kind of felt confident. But now uh, oh, it's a you know, great day out. It's the third one on the trot, is it not? Yeah, yep, but great. If we were underdogs against Leicester, we are now, uh, well, last time I checked, nine to one outsiders. Wow. Which, to give you some context, we were four to one outsiders against Manchester United in 94. I think we were the favourites against Leeds in 96. I mean, we're normally the outsider because you normally play in Manchester United, Manchester City, you know, Liverpool, Arsenal in, when, when you get to Wembley. But we have been known to do the business. Uh, you know, European Cup, we were big, big outsiders against Bayern Munich as well. So, you know, we were not in an unfamiliar territory, shall we say. But tell me, tell me, uh, give give me reasons to be optimistic going into this game against City. I think we've seen enough of City in the last few weeks, months, to think that actually, if you you can catch them on a bad day, I think we've we've seen that Villa are starting to get their house in order defensively. We carry enough threat that actually, if we can get in the final third, I think we can hurt City. We certainly showed enough at times when we actually played at the Etihad that we could hurt them. The fact that we managed to get a goal. To lose 6-1 was pretty staggering, considering how bad we were that day. And Man City still conceded. Um, yeah, I think in person, we've got mistakes we, in them. We've actually got a striker for that game in Samata, who looks like he, uh, he is, he's got a bit of a more of a, let's say, more of a poacher's instinct than Wesley. Shall we yeah, say. he looks like a goal scorer. But in terms of uh, logistically, I think this game comes at a sticky period for Manchester City. Because Manchester City, I mean, how many games have they lost in the league now? Is it five or six? Yeah, it's more than they've lost in the last few seasons, isn't it, combined? Yeah, probably. so that shows you... I mean, at the start of the season when we were who were predicting who was going to win the league, I went for Liverpool, you guys went for Manchester City, but I just thought for them to carry on the intensity to really want to win the league when their prime objective is the European Cup, it's you know the Champions League, to kind of legitimise uh, what they are as a club, which you really need to be. You've got to win the Champions League straight European Cup as an English well, Guardiola, club. Yeah, and Guardiola does, doesn't he, as a coach? It's, it's kind of, it seems to be eluding him somewhat. So to me, that was always their focus where Liverpool have, you know, it's such a bugbear for them to uh, not have won the league. Can you hear that baby in the background? I can. Yeah. If you can hear a baby in the background, it's not me just leaving a baby. <laughs> That's a film star having a tiz because they didn't get the part. Yeah, probably. That's the sound uh, of walking out of Wembley. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm such a precious when it comes to sound, but I'm just going to let this one roll because... Uh, what wow. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, I think the fact that, you know, City have got the rearranged game against West Ham that's been bolted into their schedule, which probably works for us. They've got got a big game against Leicester. More importantly for us, they've got a huge game at the Bernabeu on the Wednesday before the cup final. Yeah, And that is a game that they will be taking seriously. I think it's the second leg, if I'm right in saying as well. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure it's the second leg of the Champions League. That is a big game for City. That is a super focus and it's an away game in another country. So you've got like travel time. So it's kind of, we, we kind of set it up as perfect as it is, I would say, to have a chance, put it that way. Yeah. So if you've got your ticket, we're going to war. We're not going for a day out. We're going with a chance of uh, having a crack at it. Well, I said it before the Leicester game. I said it after the Bournemouth game. Fans just need to believe now. We're at the business end yeah. of the season, man. This is what everyone's Villa fans for. No, this is what yeah. it's all about, competing. No, exactly. Uh, just quickly, I mean, uh, we've obviously covered this in the Patreon uh, podcast, but that Leicester game was uh, its up there with the great nights at Villa Park. Certainly in recent years, it was absolutely incredible to win it in that manner, and especially the, the, the wider context of how Villa have played through the season, the fact that the goalkeeper had such a brilliant game, and man yeah. for man, they all put a shift in. Because, I mean, Nealand, uh, if it he wasn't was match. We, we could have been, uh, I mean, he made three great saves, but let's just say we could have been a couple down at half time. Yeah, it could have been game over in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, it could have I been mean, game over before we even scored. The good news is there wasn't any uh, away goals, so uh, it wouldn't have been over, over, but still it would have been, uh, if no. we were like two down, it would be a... And it was great to see us get in the final third against a good team. And again, when we made chances, we took them. You know, the, the, the two goals yeah. were beautifully crafted. The winner was an absolutely incredible ball. You know, if De Bruyne delivers yeah. that or Beckham delivers that ball, everyone's <laughs> waxing lyrical for years. It's an absolute worldy of a cross and a brilliant it, finish. It, it's, it's, a, it's a cross that gets better every time you watch it. Oh, it's incredible. Incredible. And, and I love the, the, the cut, the, the video camera when it pans to uh, Dean Smith on the touchline just going ballistic. I loved it. That's yeah. what it's all about, man. And various videos I've seen from the stands. You know, our, our, our usual guest, Max Stokes' his video is, 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 is up there with one of his better ones. When, when that winner goes in, it's absolute chaos. Yeah, that was a strange, it was a strange thing because even at that point in injury time, it, you're watching a, an open live game. It's not like, right, this is definitely 100% going to penalties now. You know, it never felt like that. I never even thought about penalties. Penalties in no, no, not at all. Until the goal went in, and I thought, "Oh shit, we're not going to get penalties." That's good news. Yeah, because you didn't, you didn't really fancy us. In you know, you looked at what was on the pitch. Yeah, that was, was, and they were, and they were the favourites in terms of what they had available to them and yeah, their goalkeeper. No, I, sorry, I, I tell a lie. I did count our penalty takers with about ten minutes to go. And then I thought, shit. But uh, there was a period where they were pressing the game and then you thought, actually, uh, you know, I'll take penalties now. But then you started to look around and see who was actually available, you know, legitimate penalty takers. And you thought, "Ah, actually, fuck. I mean, even with, you know, a minute to go, when El Mohamedy, I think it was, who brought down um, one of their lads right on the edge of the bloody penalty area, when all you think is just put your foot through the ball and smash it in the stand. And the ref yeah. probably blows the whistle and they got the free kick, obviously, because that was almost written in the stars that Madison having, you know, had yeah, yeah. Nealand, um 
stopping him all night was going to get the, the last laugh, as it were, and luckily he put it into the wall. And then all the headlines Q, would have been how Madison, how Madison's better than Grealish, and uh, the focus of all these uh, bullshit yeah. headlines to make money out of Man United yeah. fans would have been. When in reality, they both actually had really good games. I thought yeah, I was, I, mean, I, was impre- I was impressed with them both equally. I thought they were both, you know, right on top form. And Gre- Grealish in the first leg was basically keeping us in it by occupying them and, and getting the foul to relieve the pressure. This time he was more creating stuff and, you know, making sure that we were a threat going forward. Yeah, and he managed the game well again. Yeah. I mean, let's go to our opponents quickly. Everybody thought it was going to be Manchester City after that first leg. But then when Manchester United went 1-0 up and City just looked like really uh, pretty sombre. They weren't really going... I mean, they had a you know, few chances here or there. De Gea you know, made a couple of decent saves, one particularly with his legs. But... Uh, as that game went on, you thought, here we go. Then as soon as uh, Matic got sent off, you thought, ah, fuck it. But I wanted United just because I know more Man United fans and it was more of a spectacle and a, you know, a bit more spice to the day out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was, it almost looked like it was written that Man United were going to nick a goal late on in that one. Yeah. You know, they were down to 10 yeah. men. They'd got the, it's mad to think really how bad Man United had been and all the flack that Solskjaer's under yet. Somehow yeah. they've managed to come away from the Etihad this season with two wins. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's and that sort of thing has to give Villa hope that Man U have been poor this season. I know they're above Villa and you know, comfortably so, but you have to take you have to, yeah you have to take hope from that. Yeah, no, I mean that's another thing when when you look at the Grealish uh, these Grealish rumours is you, not only is Solskjaer uh, let's say is, is in the hot seat at the moment the hierarchy is in a you know let's say uh, United, certain United fans aren't quite enamoured with them and obviously there was the, that break in was it Woodward's house yeah when, they were, when they're launching fireworks at his house or flares at his house or something as well so there was all sorts going on they broke in so this isn't a this isn't a steady ship it isn't the days of when Manchester United were a juggernaut and they would like you know pickpocket our you know best players like Bosnick and uh, Dwight York and those two players went off knowing they'd pick up trophies Villa are in a better place at the moment uh, they're in their transitional season where we have to stay up and then after that I think we kick on because this is a young team it's only just become together so if uh, we do the business this season stay up um, you know who knows we may win that cup but you know certainly Grealish is uh, in a settled a team that's progressing that all the foundations are set Especially if he's in the England squad as well. He's in the England squad. He's just won a trophy. And the reality is he probably gets another paycheck. He'll get another pay yeah. rise. The very, the very least, you know, he's played at Wembley uh, again, leading his uh, team out. And uh, suddenly you're thinking, well, actually, Aston Villa are fulfilling my ambitions here because, you know, we're, going, we're, we're in touch and distance of winning trophies and playing for England. And uh, I'm like the main motherfucker in this, you know, in the town, so to speak. And sometimes it's better to be the big fish in the small pond to progress, you know, yourself than to be, a, you know, a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Yeah, I agree. So it makes, as long as we stay up, it makes sense for him to stay 100%. And he's only 24. If he, if, if Villa don't actually live up to the potential of their ambition, and he will, he is a key to that, and the owners will know that, then... Uh, you know, when he's 26, he can, you know, dick off somewhere else and... Uh, and get his big move. silverware. Yeah. But at the moment, most clubs can afford decent wages, so money isn't really a matter unless you're just all about the money. And yep. then if that's the case, then he can fuck off. <laughs> well, yeah. Was it predictable after the uh, the highs of Watford and Leicester that we'd get the After the Lord Mayor show at Bournemouth? Yeah, I, I, uh, I must admit, I went into that game thinking, if we get a point there, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I was the same. I thought it was kind of inevitable that we would just 
tail off a little bit, I think, with the, the huge high of the, the game on the Tuesday, especially with because he hadn't made many changes to the team. And I thought that some of those players might just switch off knowing yeah. that they had, they, they'd have been going straight to the airport either on the Saturday night or the Sunday morning. And it, and, and it felt like a bit of an inconvenience, that game. And, you know, to mentally and physically go through that game against Leicester, as we did against, you know, Watford, taking it right to the edge and winning it's you know it's it does take something out of you because it's hard to get up again for that yeah and that, that was the thing we just looked a little bit sloppy and it, we, we, we just weren't at the levels that we'd set against especially against Leicester yeah um, you know, it was good, you know, good to see Samata get his first goal and it's good to see him up and running and you know, there were there was there were sort of little moments of quality but really it was it was a very flat day and you know yet again we failed to get a result against a 10-man side which is hugely frustrating I mean, again, it's like, uh, I think I referenced this earlier on, it's like if you started the season and you'd have said how many times we'd have been playing 10 men for significant periods of time, and this one, you know, what, what was, there was at least uh, what half about, an hour yeah, left. Yeah, it's about, yeah, it's about uh, 50, Over 55 half minutes hour. when, when yeah. something off happened, yeah. If, so if you, you know, if you were told that we'd have so many opportunities against 10 men, you would say, this looks like could be a decent season. Especially yeah. if you simply said you're going to be one nil up at Arsenal and they're going to be down to ten men at half time, you'd be like, bring it on. Yeah, and then and you're we, going to have a wobble, but then you'll take the lead again. You think, oh, brilliant, yeah, we'll weather the storm. Yeah, or you get, you know, West West Ham. You'll play ten men against West Ham and fail to beat them as well. We really haven't taken advantage of this, and if we do uh, end up in a in that bottom three come the end of the season, that is one of the big big factors of why we deserve to be there. Just not taking opportunities. That was the thing. The thing for me with Bournemouth, I think we we were very lucky that results went our way, as has happened again you know, through the internet, the, um, the the winter break. But it look, I kind of was a little bit more pragmatic after the Watford game and the Leicester game in that because results went our way, it didn't feel so much of a, as a disaster as it could have been against a team, a team who were really close to us. It just yeah. felt like a huge opportunity missed. Yeah, and because they're off the back of a win as well, I just thought, yeah, it's kind of typical. If we'd played them two weeks earlier, I think we might yeah. have got something from this yeah. at least. And and similarly to how it was a massive game for us to beat Watford, and similarly when we played sort of Norwich on Boxing Day and Burnley, I think that Villa game was a huge, huge must win for Bournemouth. Yeah, because we knew actually, mm, okay, we've, we've we're all right here, and then you know through the the the, the last week with the results, you know somehow how the hell it's happened. We haven't gone into the bottom three. It's pretty staggering, really. Yeah, because I thought that would be uh, the psychological blow of coming out of like this winter break, being back in the black, uh, bottom yeah. three, like having come, you know, off Christmas, being in the bottom three. But I think the Spurs game is 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 ripe to see where yeah, we are I, because because you know we put up fights against these teams earlier on in the season. While we have, I have to say that other teams did beat them. Like you know, your Newcastles have beaten uh, a handful of the top alleged top six. Mm-hmm. While we we've been gallant losers, which uh, doesn't get you any points. So this is I'm looking at the Spurs game, thinking we need a point from this at least. Yeah, you have to see it as an opportunity, and I think the fact that you know that first game of the season was changed really by two players, Christian Eriksen and Harry Kane. Neither will be on the field at Villa Park. Yeah. You have to see it. Villa have to see that game as a definitely get a positive result, at least a point. It would be a great time to get a win. You know, I think and, the, the the winter break came at the perfect time for Villa. They could calm down after the highs of Watford and Leicester, refocus yeah. after the defeat of Bournemouth, just wipe the slate clean. They know where they are. They know what the job is now, and they know yeah. they you know. Smith knows what he's got in terms of he knows he'll have McGinn back soon. Davis will be back soon after yet another 
fucking injury. He's got the little bit more time for yeah, a little bit more time for some bed people, to get yeah, in. Yeah, bed people. And in. Uh, we, I mean, I haven't actually mentioned on the site or the podcast uh, of a of a striker that came in who doesn't seem to have the greatest of uh, let's say uh, goals per game record. Yeah, Bo- Borja Baston. Yeah, indeed. Hopefully, he's you know if if he's half as good as Van Basten, then uh, we're on to, on to a good one. But obviously, this is a Suso deal. This is a squad filler deal, isn't it? He's on a short-term deal till May. Yeah. It's a free signing. It's a kind of, we need a striker. We need to get whatever we can get. I think he knew him from, was it, I, I think it was Ibar? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was at Ibar before. And he had like, it was one of these guys, you know, as, as always happens in European football, they have one half-decent season, then they get a relatively big move, and then it never happened for him. Yeah. I mean, whether his heart's in it or he just didn't find himself at the right club. I mean, Swansea dropped a, a few quid on him. Was it about 15? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So he came, you know, very hyped and just never, you know, never lived up to it. So they've obviously seen something where they think, well, he's wor- either worth a punt or there is, uh, there is a talent there. But you know, we we shall see. Well, it would be interesting to see if he's on the bench straight away, put it that way, or if, as if he's somebody they're going to uh, gradually uh, get up to speed. Yeah, the, the fact that Davis is out now for a couple of weeks, um, yeah, he probably he'll probably you know they'll, they'll try and get him back for the cup final, but. I'd imagine yeah. Baston will be involved, you know, on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's a good job he did come in because uh, Keenan Davis, I thought, right, just back at the right time, showed enough uh, against Bournemouth actually. Yeah, and played very well off the bench against Leicester, didn't he as well? Yeah, to suggest that he's he's going to make, uh, you know, he's going to be have a positive uh, effect on this team in their uh, survival battle, and then he's out again, and you think, oh, for fuck's sake. I he's mean, still got a role to play, but he's he's going to have to, you know, in the running, he's he's really going to have to sort of stake a claim. He's going to miss the final as well, isn't he? They might just get him back for the final. I think. I think that they think it's about two weeks, so he might just be okay for the final. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought he would start, but they'd probably try and get him involved. But I think if you're going to beat City, you're going to need a squad to beat them. Yeah, the he's the kind of player that would actually be quite helpful against a side like City because he can you can put him up against the John Stones and where you're going to have to play a little bit back to front he could be a potential battle weapon yeah no exactly well well hopefully he'll uh, get to, up to speed quickly i mean if he gets back because we haven't had a, a decent hand for a while now to play and once he came back he thought right we've got a semblance of a you know a match day squad that can actually really keep the leicester game wasn't it the leicester game you looked at the squad and thought yeah that's a that's a bit more like it you know we've got a couple of yeah. options up front we've got an option coming off the bench um you know the midfield you're always going to miss mcginn you know no connor horahan hasn't really featured too much recently just because of the way yeah. the midfield's been playing. I think the back line looks relatively settled. Obviously, Chester going to Stoke was a, an interesting one. What was your take on his move? Was it kind of just an obvious move that he had to make for his own career? Or did you think actually Villa should have said, you know, you're the club you're the club captain, we need the numbers, you're not going anywhere? Well, I think I, I did something for the BBC on uh, where you answered five questions about the you know, January window. This is for the last day. And, yeah. uh, I did, and they said, any outgoings? And I said, well, uh, there's two players that would want... I would say for their own pride to be playing first team football and that would be Henry Lansbury because his career's going you know he has, he's hardly played has he no, over the last couple uh, since he's come to Villa and then Chester you're thinking well he surely wants uh, to be in that Welsh squad so he'll want games uh, and then I said it's not a bad thing to have them in the squad because obviously uh, 
we're in a you know tough period where we need a squad and we've already seen injuries do happen but uh, I wasn't surprised I thought that you know we might even sell him just because his uh, contract's coming up you know at the end of this season so that was the only surprise was he didn't actually he wasn't sold outright but there was no surprise no surprise he was going away yeah I think with the options we've got you know people saying oh you know it leaves us short at centre back but actually when we've because we have other defensive options who can chop and change you know you've got El Mohamedi you've got Gilbert who could probably slot yeah. in in the right hand side you've got Taylor who can slot in on the other side into the three you have defensive options I think you know you, you would only necessarily be keeping him for sentiment which Villa have made that you know bad mistake on numerous occasions yeah and there's a lot of sentiment for him uh... absolutely and, and it's and it's very well earned but in terms of where we're going I just I don't know if he's the future for Villa yeah I mean if if, if I have to play the bad cop here it's uh, this is a guy who let's say he's 90% now because of his you know much talked about injuries even if he's 95% this is a guy when he was 100% was on the bench in the Premier League for West Brom so there was still a question mark is he a starting centre-back at Premier League level is he you know is he big enough I mean he's I think he's a Rolls-Royce at championship level you know is he a is he a good uh, let's say one of four centre-backs to have in your squad yes yes he is but for a player who has to start and who's now uh, you know he is fifth in the pecking order if he's considered 95% of what he is then uh, yeah. there's there's no problems from where I'm standing there and there's, there's obviously players coming through the youth system that I think Smith will be looking to blood as well you know, there's a couple of guys who were pretty well talked about coming through in the 23s yeah. and I think if Chester's going to hold up the potential for someone to get a slot on the bench maybe every now and then I think you you have to look to the future where possible you know Engels I think is deserving of his slot on the bench because he's been unlucky really um, yeah. at times to, to miss out and I think you know at the start of the season he was one of the, the shining lights of the new you know, of the new signings yeah no sure no uh, well he, he kind of went AWOL for a, f- a few games we didn't know if he was injured or yeah, if he was out there of was, there fa- was, favour yeah. did he have a bust up you know what the st- what the real story was there yeah and Smith, and Smith never sort of um Poo pooed anything? Did he just said I've just I've just not been picking him? You think? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, let's. Uh, I need to get back into the sun because my days out here are running out before I have to tackle. Uh, what's what's it called? Hurricane. What's the name of that fucking storm? Hurri- hur- hurricane Cara. I think there's another one on the way, isn't it? Isn't it Hurricane Barry next? Oh, great. <laughs> You'll have a tailwind when- coming back from LA. I think. <laughs> When's that coming in? Because uh, I might just stay out here till uh, until March the 1st and just fly in for the final. Actually, that's a good idea. It's a great idea, David. <laughs> what am I missing? Uh, Spurs, what else? Anything else important? Probably not. Have we got have we got less, less, is there Leicester away? Is there an away trip to Leicester, I believe? No, sorry, South, Southampton, isn't it? Yeah, Southampton, yeah. Southampton, sorry. And obviously the Sheffield United game will be rearranged, which I'm kind of hoping now gets put into April towards the end of the season because by then Sheffield United will be done and I think you could be playing a mid-table team with nothing to play for. Yeah, um, that could become a really helpful fixture. Just a heads up to uh, listeners: there's going to be a fan consultation group meeting. Uh, this is, I think, it's March the 10th, stroke 11th, with our friends at Kappa and Fanatics. So, uh, if you've got anything constructive you want mentioning to them, apart from the obvious, I, I don't think you need much of an imagination. If I put this out on uh, Twitter or Facebook, I think I, I can pretty much uh, guess half the responses. Uh, in terms of Kappa anyway. But if you've got anything uh, t- uh, that you want uh, tabling, uh, just send me an email uh, on the regular email and I'll uh, make sure to mention it when we meet, if I ever come back from LA, that is. Mm. Right, anything to add, Mr. Bud? Well, final day, we've been allotted Box Park, so I'll see you in there on the 1st of March. 
All right, yeah, yeah, we will uh, we will hook up there and probably be there after the game, uh, win or lose. Met some good listeners last time, so it'll be good to uh, do so again. We can, I can, I'm kind of low key. It's not about uh, us, but we do like to meet and have a chat, uh, preferably over a beer. So uh, we'll be looking out for you. Might stick a. St- uh, my old man said sticker on my forehead so you know who I am. Until then, please do follow us on Spotify, Apple, leave us a review on Apple as well. Give us motivation to keep going. Also, uh, do check out uh, the shop to get a My old man said mug or t-shirt as well to uh, support us that way. And until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Speaking a bit more somber because I'm. You are, man. You seem very like flat and. Uh, yeah. Is this, is this the lazy LA thing going on? It's all just no, a it's bit laid. I'm, it's all just a bit laid back. No, it's because I'm in a house uh, with other people. There's a nanny here. There's a baby here. My friends oh, here. Well. So I don't, don't want to be like shout. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah, so if I'm uh, appearing a bit uh, kind of somber, it's because I'm being quiet. It's not because he's living the LA life and smoking lots of weed and generally being lazy. No, it's not. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.